In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles the Next Generation. I am Ron Kolak, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the unknown, and the undead. New England's own Valen Helsink with me all the way from wherever she is, the queen of wherever she does, the blonde bombshell herself. And Carrigan. Well, good evening. How What's are up? you? Nada. Nada? Nada? I got my glass of wine. I'm all ready to roll. I figured out that so my headset was... So what happened to Lizzie Borden? Oh, man. I can't believe I didn't get down to Lizzie Borden. <laughs> I should be broadcasting, like, from the kitchen or the gift shop, <laughs> the the shop or something. The bathroom. <laughs> the bathroom. <laughs> but here woman. I am. That's where all women hang on anyways, right? Oh, yeah, the ladies' room. They're going packs to the ladies' room. <laughs> well, you know, there's power in numbers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You have to have somebody to talk to while you're standing in those long lines. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, so here I am. I'm in my basement at my computer tonight instead of at Lizzie Borden's. But hopefully I'll get there another night. Oh, well, stinks to be you. I know. What are you going to do? What are so- you doing? So anyways, well, I've cutting trouble. my fingers off. Yeah. I have my finger in a splint here and this huge band-aid, and it's like whatever. What did you do? Uh, I just cut myself. But yeah. anyway. Pretty well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I did the whole show dripping blood the last yesterday. It was good. Oh, terrific. Mm. Terrific. Good job. Anyway. Boy, you so, are, yeah. How long have you been married, Ann? Oh, uh, did you know tomorrow is my anniversary? Oh, happy anniversary! <laughs> you want to know how long, really? I do, because my was 39 uh, in May 13th, so how long wow. was yours? Congratulations. Yeah? Well, um, you're not answering. <laughs> Can't remember? That's because everybody's going to know how old I am. Um, I have been married for 27 years. Oh, that's cool. Can you believe it? I can't yeah. believe it. Mm. <laughs> and, and you love your husband very much, I understand. But of course I do. Yeah, well, I know that. But I wouldn't he, still, God, 27 years, if I hated him, that would be a problem. But how much do you really love him? I don't know. This is well, according to this couple, you know there was something coming on here. 
According to this couple in uh, Galesburg, Illinois, this woman pleaded guilty to concealing her husband's death for eight years. Oh. Caring for his corpse if, if it was yeah. alive. Authorities <laughs> believe Carl Stevens had died more than eight years ago, his body preserved through natural dehydration. Although he was obviously dead for eight years, the family sincerely thought he was fine. Sheriff Mark Schurer uh, said they changed his clothes and bedding just like he was sick. Ew. There was also evidence they moved him around the house to different rooms and chairs. Let's just say it was uh, an abnormal belief in the power of healing. Carol Stevens, a registered nurse, told friends and authorities that Carl was alive but ill and couldn't be seen. <laughs> she even managed to convince her teenage children that he was alive. Shira added that since they have been placed in uh, the foster home. Meanwhile, the custody of the body belongs to the next living relative, which is Carol. I'm afraid it's up to her what she does with their body. So, <laughs> what do you think? I mean, uh, ew. No, I don't love him that much. Uh, Not to keep his corpse for like you know eight years. Thank on the you. other hand, according to uh, Weekly World reports, this woman's crabby husband died, uh, but was uh, reincarnated as a cockroach. <laughs> She grabbed a can of bug spray and sent them right back to the spirit world, All right. according to this article. All right. He was a, he was a real sneak, she said, adding that he, he she knew immediately that it was him, that this uh-huh. insect was him, because in the bedroom, uh, because in the bedroom, it would watch him, watch her undress and wiggle its long feelers at her. <laughs> She went to kill the crawling pest, but it ran into the closet. She went in after it. I picked it up and looked it right in the eyes, and then I zapped him and watched him struggle and gasp for his last breath. Nice. Nice. I I hope to God this is the last time (laughs) I'll ever see that bum again. (laughs) Oh, my God, where do you find this stuff? I don't oh know. My it's, God. You know, it must be real. It's printed. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, if, right. if your husband died and uh, you might want to put him in a cemetery, and we got a guy on our yes. show today who knows a lot about cemeteries. Yes. And uh, there's a word for that, isn't there? There is. So, without further ado, let's bring on who? All right. This is... <laughs> Robert. Am I hearing somebody else talking? Robert Thomas Rothschild, Jr. Hello, hey, how are Hello. you guys? Hey, how are you? Uh, not too bad. Do, do you prefer Robert or, or Bob? Uh, Robert is fine, Ron. Okay, I'll call you Bob. He <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> will probably do that all night, too, so don't worry. <laughs> That's all right. I, I think I could manage one night of being called Bob. <laughs> Yeah, and Robert, you uh, you still work for Borders, or is Borders going out of business? Uh, the particular store I worked in, uh, that location closed down, but as a chain and a whole, the company is still in operation. Um, so I've moved on from that uh, company, and I had a lot of great moments. Uh, I was able to hook up a couple of local psychics, Jeffrey Wands and Jim oh, yeah. Bargiano, for uh, some book signings, uh, so I enjoyed my last couple of months especially, uh, and now I look 
forward to bright new horizons. There you go. But you won't find them in the cemetery, I'll tell you that much. No, unless I'm only there during the day, because at night you tend not to uh, get too much light broadcast uh, through there. <laughs> so, not that I have found. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have anyways, anyways, the word, yeah. Ron, is taffophile. Taffophile. I remember that now, because I think it's a person who likes taffy. <laughs> so I have oh, that actually, sounds apropos. I, I've actually equated it, so now I'm, uh, it's etched in my little brain. That's so, good. We'll see that. This is very informative. <laughs> and anyways, uh, the way I met Bob, uh, Robert, 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 uh, mm-hmm. is that um, he actually featured my book, Ghost Chronicles, at the store one time, and I was really thrilled with that. I think you sent me an email or something telling me you did that. At least yes. that's, that's what you said you did anyway. And, yes, uh, and, and then I, I friended him on Facebook, and, and I noticed that he – had a lot of pictures of tombstones and gra- what do you call those gravestones and all that other stuff. Yeah, uh, any of those words would uh, suffice. Uh, it's been uh, something that I've been interested in since uh, my teen years. But even preceding that, uh, what got me involved in the paranormal world was uh, a show in the 1970s hosted by Leonard Nimoy in oh, search yes. of. Yes, great and show. I- I could never get enough of it. I mean, it was like uh, I felt like a, for lack of a better term, a drug addict that was seeking the next high. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I've made it a point now to uh, put myself uh, in a position where on when I have time available, I visit cemeteries here and there and everywhere. Uh, and I, I try to document the uh, people that are, in fact, buried there. And I've learned over the years about the different styles of etching as well as the uh, different types of stones that are used from different periods and even symbol-wise how they have changed from decade to decade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I find it to be very interesting. And uh, actually, I, I, feel, I feel good upon leaving a cemetery, knowing that those people had at least for that day someone there to visit them that they may have long uh, not had a visit. Hmm. I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, and um, especially when you're talking about ones that date back to uh, the 16 and 1700s. Yeah, those people obviously probably don't have any living relatives to visit them any longer. So I make it a point to go there, I'll, I'll, I'll talk in silence, kind of like mental telepathy, uh, to speak with these people and to see if I can actually conjure up a response. Uh, over the years, I, I have gotten responses back uh, through uh, recording devices, and it makes me feel real good knowing that, you know, someone was there, uh, you know, to pay their respects for that person. I, I have to say, in all the years that I've been tromping around cemeteries, I've never... You're a little well, cemetery tromper. Not a big... Um, huh? What? I said you're a little cemetery tromper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, father told worse, me, my father told me about girls like Come you. Come on. Anyways, <laughs> all, I, I, I'm not a big EVP person, but I just... It never... I never thought about recording. Mm-hmm. Really? Cemetery. Do you... Nah. Never thought about it. I, I guess mean, it's... It, it's a hit or miss thing, really. Uh, it's very 
infrequent that you would actually get a response because, as we all know, um, the person isn't so much connected to that location as they would be, say, for instance, if they were killed in a car accident at a particular street corner. You're more likely to get something there than you would at the cemetery where they're buried. Scott, doing so. I'm hearing. Am I hearing voices from beyond? I knew I could hear somebody else talking. What is that? Do we do we have do we have voices of the dead speaking with us? I might have brought them along with me. I apologize if that were the case. Now, my friend Mike in the chat room. Oh, okay is telling me that, yes, uh, all information coming and going all the time. So uh, he should know. He's so what the hell guy. does that mean? It means he uh, probably thinks I should bring my voice recorder with me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and you might be surprised by your, yeah. uh, what you were able to get. I'm too busy taking pictures when I'm there to, like, concentrate on, Just, you know. Do what you enjoy. That's the main thing. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree with Ron there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I love um, the really old, old colonial New England cemeteries where the stones are. Actually, I, I have a, pictures of on my Facebook of stones taller than me. I mean, I'm only 5'4", so I'm not like I'm a big tall Yeah, you're a little shorty. But, uh, yeah, I'm a little shorty. I'm a shorty. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, a lot of stones I've seen at least six feet high. Okay. That's all I need. In the really old, old cemeteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Do we have a hitchhiker? Someone is trying to come through. It appears we have I, a we have a radio hitchhiker. Do we? Sh- should we do a uh, mm. an EVP session right here mm-hmm. and now? Might, on might the get air. your recorder. I mean, this is this is bizarre because, quite honestly, I just uh, talked to uh, Jill in the stu- in the uh, control room, and it's not on their end. So this is very bizarre. It is very bizarre. Well, forge ahead, I say. Yeah, forge ahead, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, anyways, I mean, when did as far as America, uh, when did we start putting uh, symbols on our stones? <laughs> uh, they would uh, date back to the 1600s. In many cases, throughout that century, up and through the 17th century, they would often use a skull to depict uh, a symbol of death. Now, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't meant to uh, conjure up uh you know, that the person was evil in life. It was just a symbol that they used that was universally um, known. Now, once the 1800s came about, um, you often will then see cherubs in place of the skull because I think there was a, a, a spiritual enlightening uh, throughout that next century where they uh, tried to move away towards the skull, and often I have found skull crossbones, and even an hourglass above the crossbone. And in that case, when I did some research on that particular person, it was basically um, the living's way of telling the deceased and their family that that gentleman's time was up, which is pretty um, obvious when when you see something like that that that's what they were going for with regard to why they chose that symbol. Um, so basically, I would say the 1600s, certainly here in America, would be the earliest uh, you would have found 
any kind of symbolism on the headstones. Often you'll find like a weeping willow, or you'll just find um, an angel with wings. And uh, with regard to that, it adds to the interest as far as if you're into taking pictures of these headstones, uh, you can learn a lot just by reading the headstone itself and what symbols they chose to put on that particular person's headstone. Right. Uh, you know, it, Mori. Right. There's so much you can learn. I mean, uh, when I first started doing investigating, uh, I went out with people and thought that these little stones were uh, children's stones or baby stones, but they were actually footstones. Exactly. Correct. That, yeah. that, that's uh, often what they would uh, do, certainly back in the 1700s and 1800s. It's not... Um, it's not real common practice now to do that because I guess the, the way the cemeteries are organized, certain plots are already now paid for in advance. Uh, often you will, uh, well, maybe not so often, but once in a while you'll come across a headstone where the people aren't even deceased yet, but their name is already on the headstone. And to me that would be a little, <laughs> I, I, I would feel a little strange about having my name placed on a headstone where I'm going to be laid to rest. Mm. Um, I, I saw one time a picture of Evil Knievel standing in front of his, and it had all the, the cool writing about, you know, what he was all about. And mm. he posed in front of it, and I thought, wow, that, that seems a little, <laughs> you know, I don't know that I would have posed in front of my own headstone. Why? Well, I mean, we're all going to end up eventually. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I guess in that regard, it, it wouldn't be as uh, strange. I just would feel like. I was tempting fate, like, at some point, maybe running off to the grocery store to pick up a gallon of milk. I may get hit in, in a car accident and end up there, you know, just days after that happened. So <laughs> I, 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 I do believe that, you know, sometimes you can force the issue, uh, maybe not so much about your death, but I just personally would feel that, you know, if I pose in front of my own headstone with my luck, I'll end up in there in a week's time. <laughs> I suppose it could be a little disconcerting to see your name on there, but... Yeah, yeah. but, you know, it, it, it certainly is a, a cool shot, I guess, in that not many people get to pose in front of their own headstone. Mm. <laughs> at, at least on this end of the spectrum. Uh, you might capture, you know, an apparition of someone, uh, but that's a whole different ball game altogether. I always found it interesting because when I work with Maureen, who's a trans medium, mm -hmm. and she told, uh, informed me that many times people who have passed actually go to their own funerals. Wow. Mm. That, that, that would be uh, quite interesting to be able to partake in that uh, it, aspect of it. I actually had that experience in a, in a way is that uh, a relative of mine uh uh, passed away, and uh, I was at the uh, the wake, and uh, I was there with my father-in-law, who uh, is old. He's about 90-something, so he had to leave, so I had to take him to dinner and, and get him home. So I did that. When I came back, uh, my wife and my son was gone, and there was no one there, just the uh, relatives of the person who had passed. So I went over, and I you know, would kneel down and prayed next to uh, the the body, and he was smiling. He had that same shit-eating grin that he used to have in life. <laughs> so 
so, you know, I thought that was kind of funny, but, you know, weird. But then the, the next day when I went to the funeral and I went and I prayed before the coffin again, it wasn't there. It was almost oh, wow. like, you know, he was like pleased what, that everybody showed up. I mean, yeah, and he was ready to move on knowing that there were people there at least paying their last respect. Yeah, I, I, I really believe that uh, th- that's what happened there. I mean, I can't prove it. I didn't take a picture. Oh, mm-hmm. thank God. <laughs> oh, a lot of people do that now. What? At funerals. Take pictures. Early? Yep. Well, I, I think it's, it's moved towards uh, people want to now memorialize uh, mm-hmm. people, and they can do so certainly in the computer age mm-hmm. where you can go ahead and, and, you know, videotape the whole funeral and procession and allow the next generation that um, – you know, what that feel was like when that person passed, whereas, you know, before we got in the information age, uh, you were hard-pressed to, you know, you'd have to take a, a Polaroid and get one of those cameras that would spit the picture out, and um, that would be your, maybe the only memory that you could hold close to uh, show the future generations. Now we're in a day and age where, you know, you really can capture what the moment was like. Right. Oh, hell, you can Photoshop it. Why even bother? <laughs> well, this is true, too. So you have that option as well to uh, play with. I mean, mm. I've taped, I was asked to videotape a funeral mass a few really? years back. Yeah, well, we had a, a, a priest who was visiting here uh, from Africa. We have, like, an exchange program at our church. And uh-huh. unfortunately, the poor man um, had some heart issues, and he passed away when he was here. So he saw the bill of the flight. Yeah, yeah, right. Or he thought he was eating McDonald's, one or the other. But, uh, yeah, yeah, bad food on the plane. Anyway, so they asked me, would I tape it for his family because his family could not afford, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. They couldn't afford to fly over here um, for a big funeral. And um, so I taped it so that they could send it back to them. Well, that's a great service that you provided for them, and it, you know they were lucky enough that you were receptive to it because some people might uh, have felt that that was a little macabre to videotape that. But it's mm-hmm. great that you were able to, you know, uh, share mm-hmm. with them exactly uh, how that moment transpired. Yeah, but don't, don't, was- I mean, if he sent that back to Africa, wouldn't they believe that the camera captured their souls? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if they still believe those things. (laughs) Anyway, uh, if anybody has a question or a comment or uh, believes that you'll come back from your own, uh, for your own funeral, you can either join us in the Tojanet chat room or you can go to where at? They can go to our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page, uh, which I monitor all night long. You can leave me if you're chat room shy. You can leave me any questions. Yep. Uh, pretend you like us. Everybody likes us, Ron. Stop it. Yeah. Anyways, you can leave your question right there on the page. And Excellent. let us know. Yes. Okay. So uh, let's see what we got with. All right. Um, Robert, I, one thing we, we had talked a little bit in the chat before, mm-hmm. and you mentioned this uh, interesting, I, I think it was interesting, something about Houdini's uh, cemetery Correct. What happened to you? Uh, On March 26th of this year, I went to pay respects to Houdini. I had seen a documentary about him and thought, you know, I live close enough to MacPella Cemetery in Ridgewood, Queens, 
right off the Jackie Robinson Parkway. I think it was exit two. And a bunch of us went there together. And unbeknownst to us, he's buried in a Jewish cemetery. And on Saturdays, the day of Sabbath for them, they usually have the cemetery closed. Mm-hmm. This particular day, we pulled in the gate, uh, parked the vehicle, walked over to his uh, gravestone. He was buried there with his wife and brother and some other family members. And we were just snapping some pictures. There were some unusual items left behind because he did die on Halloween. There was like a pumpkin. There was a digital camera. There was a deck of cards. So we basically asked Houdini to show us a sign because he often was quoted as saying that if there was a person that could come back from the dead to show himself, he would have been capable of doing so. So we asked him to show us a sign. We sat there for about 15 minutes. Nothing really uh, extraordinary was happening at the time. And then decided, all right, we've paid our respects. Let's go back to the car and we'll move on to another cemetery. Well, wouldn't you know it, we get to the car and to the gate, and now the gate is locked. <laughs> and we had, we had no idea that, you know, there was anyone even in the cemetery with us because we walked the entire grounds. We didn't see any groundskeepers, you know, working out in the, uh, out in the fields and all. So we didn't know what to make of it. So a friend of mine, Jennifer, called the NYPD to inform them that we were now locked in a cemetery. <laughs> they sent a squad car over. Two officers came out, started to walk across the grass with Jennifer, and they basically, the first thing they wanted to know was, is this cemetery haunted? <laughs> and she really? was struck like she couldn't believe, like they were asking her that question. And she said, well, Houdini is, in fact, buried here. So you know what? It very well could be because we asked them to show us a sign, and lo and behold, the gate is now locked, and we couldn't get the vehicle out. <laughs> they sent a second squad car with the uh, sergeant who informed us that we were well within our rights to stay within the cemetery all night with our vehicle, and then the following morning would be let out when, once the gates opened at 9 a.m. <laughs> we tried everything we could, not even short of breaking the, the gate to get out, me and another gentleman, William, and uh, we, we couldn't get the gate open for, for the life of us. Well, we're going to have to hold that thought because it's time for a break. All right. Listen to the Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anna and Ron, and we'll be right back after the following messages on TojiNet, Ghost Channel, Pararex, and beyond. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price. Now this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. 
Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the rock star marketing boot camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Duswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Druggynet.com. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with our guest tonight, Robert Thomas Rothschild, Jr., and we're talking about cemeteries. That is right. Uh-huh. <laughs> tapism. Yeah. Tapism. No. <laughs> Not tapism. No, you're close. Was it named after President Taft? No. All right, whatever. Anyway, Taft a file. Taft a file. If you have your own cemetery story you'd like to share with us, you can certainly call us at 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or join us live in the TogiNet chat room or the Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page. page. Thank yes. you. So, <laughs> anyway, so what eventually happened there, Robert? So, Houdini's um, cemetery. Once I was able to gather the members of my uh, group, uh, Eastern Suffolk Paranormal, we decided that we were going to stay the night uh, with the vehicle, so that you know we didn't have to worry about getting home and then getting back there the following morning. Mm-hmm. Well, two of the members of my group needed to use the restroom. And there was a restroom. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. And they were female members. They had oh, to yeah. use the restroom across the street. We had to actually, and we got the okay from the NYPD to climb the fence to use the restroom. <clears throat> and they did, in fact, do that. And while they were doing that, lo and behold, the groundskeepers of the cemetery, because they were two adjoining cemeteries, happened to show up at that <coughs> gate. And we will, you know, said desperately to them, hey, our vehicle is across the street, and we got locked in. Is there any way you can let us out? And they did, in fact, uh, after about five hours in that cemetery, let us out. And we just hit the road and got home, and we were, you know, famished. And, and we, we, you know, still were, I, I wouldn't necessarily say shaken up, but we still didn't know what to make of how that all happened after we had asked Houdini to show us a sign. And I guess ultimately he wanted to show us that in life he was an expert at breaking out of things. He was going to put us to the test, and hopefully uh, we, we came across as uh, being able to do so, and he was satisfied. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it, 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 it made for an interesting trip. Me too. Being locked in a cemetery is amusing, do you? Yeah. And, okay. and I have to say, it, uh, of the many cemeteries I've ventured into, from Sleepy Hollow all the way through military ones, and then the ones out here on eastern Long Island, uh, this happened to be the creepiest-looking one, 
especially during the day. I could only imagine at night how how creepy it really would have gotten because, uh, as Ann said earlier, uh, a lot of the headstones in this place were very tall with um, with with this elaborate um, writing on it, and they almost appeared to be on the horizon profiles of people standing in line. Mm-hmm. So Jewish we, cemeteries are really close too. The, yes, the, they're the right on top of one yep. another. Mm-hmm. And the aisles are very small and very tight. And in this case, this cemetery happened to suffer a lot of damage through storms. And when these trees have fallen down and knocked over a row of headstones, they have yet to clean them up. So it really added to the whole feel of the place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me ask you, both of you, uh, about this. Um, mm-hmm. Cemeteries, uh, especially ghost houses and cemeteries, you always get... Uh, people think that they're up to no good and so forth, yada yada, and they think it's almost uh, uh, sacrilegious. Yet we hear so many stories about total uh, desecration of cemeteries. You know, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars worth of damage to tombstones. Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't it be more advantageous to allow ghost hunters? I mean, certainly. Punk ass kids wouldn't be not if punk ass kids did this. I'm not saying anything, but they, <laughs> uh, you know, would be less apt to do it if they were witnesses. Uh, sure, yeah. but uh, it's a fine line. Uh, how would you distinguish who's actually here for an official investigation as opposed to a bunch That's of easy. teenage kids? That's easy. Who's carrying an EMF meter? <laughs> That's a very good point. And I, I can say uh, real quickly about this, I've gone into a cemetery here in uh, Long Island in Patchogue uh, where a bunch of sailors are buried, and I walked to the very back of the cemetery, and there was a police officer actually parked in the cemetery, and I kind of uh, trepidatiously approached him uh, because I didn't want him to think I was trying to, you know, freak him out. Mm-hmm. And he basically said to me, uh, you know, what are you doing here? And I explained to him, I'm here with my group to do an investigation uh, about these sailors. It happens to be the anniversary, 120-year anniversary of their death. Uh, is it okay that we're here, be that it's 2 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> he said, absolutely, uh, I don't have a problem with it. And, in fact, I'll get out of your way. And with that, turned his car on and drove out. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, the, the, the guy actually allowed us uh, some time to uh, pay our respects and conduct an investigation. Uh, and we, we didn't really show him any, you know, credentials. We didn't have any uh, business cards on us, but he did actually see that we had cameras and other equipment. And I guess, like you just said, Ron, there would be a way to distinguish who's there up to no good and who's there to, you know, possibly conduct an investigation. It, it, you know what's so weird is I've actually talked to some uh, ghost hunting groups from down south, and it, they actually pack when they go to the cemeteries. Oh, wow. Because there's so much uh, uh, punk-ass kids there. <laughs> no, I mean, because wow. <laughs> yeah, there's so much. I, I, I have done it uh, with my group and many nights alone, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I have this, you know, because I served in the Marine Corps, this attitude like no one's going to ever get the best of me. I don't care if I walk into a situation and there's 15 teenage kids uh, acting a fool. 
uh, I always feel confident enough that, you know, nothing would happen to me. Uh, so I can understand why people would go in there maybe carrying something because you don't know what you're going to encounter in the dark in a cemetery. Yeah, they you know actually tell me, tell me there are gangs of kids who actually uh, rob the ghost hunters of their equipment and stuff. Oh, wow. You know, even in the daytime, you do not mm-hmm. know who you're going to meet in the cemetery. Cause this is I'll, true. I'll tell you a little story that I was in Allegheny Cemetery down in Pittsburgh last summer mm-hmm. in broad daylight. But you know what? It's a huge, huge cemetery full of statuary. And, of course, I'm just, I was there on a business trip, so I had like two hours to check it out. So I'm basically running through the cemetery, you know, and don't I, don't, you know, don't I come around the corner of this great mausoleum? I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. I'm fabulous. I'm taking pictures, and here's this creepy dude sitting on the front steps, you know. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, and he's giving me the once over, and I'm like, yeah, see you later, bye, and I take off. And well, it was good that you made at least the effort to, to, to say hello and, and, well, and, and acknowledge his uh, presence. Oh, yeah, just get the crap out of him. It, it, well, <laughs> yeah, you probably did that as well. I, I was very nervous because when I got to the cemetery, it was like a um, – they had a big festival in the front. It was like a um, some kind of historical celebration. But by the time I ran across Mr. Creepy Dude, um, they were all long gone. Oh, you found this name out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe and, he'll chime in on the chat. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so, you know, you have to, you do have to be careful, at least as a woman alone. And, you know, I'm in a strange city, and I'm not thinking. I'm just, I'm in love with all this statuary. Yeah. You know, and it's like 5 o'clock at night. It's certainly not dark. But, you know, and so I just started heading for the front of the cemetery. And, um, you know, he kind of passed me in his car looking at me on the way out. And you know, so it was, that was something that had not happened to me before, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah, and I would agree with you as far as being a woman and alone yeah. and all that. You have to be aware. It's like, wow, this is a really big cemetery. I'm all alone, and all I'm carrying is my purse and my camera. So, you know, keep that in mind, girls. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but so you can run into anybody anywhere, anytime. You know? Yes, this is true, and, 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 and sometimes it makes for an interesting encounter. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, uh, two things. First of all, I want you to give your website out again. Once you rub it, uh, uh, it's EasternSuffolkParanormal dot com, and uh, you know we conduct investigations here locally on Long Island, as well as uh, we'll go as far as upstate New York, and we've done a few in the city as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know we're willing to uh, go into any kind of situation. Uh, whether it be a, a cemetery in the middle of the night or even locally here on Long Island, we have three, uh, three psychiatric centers that are all closed and abandoned. And uh, usually I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't tell people to do this on their own, but I have had to get my feet wet uh, when I first started doing this, and I had to do these uh, locations alone just so I, I can build up some confidence each time I would go to a place that I'm not supposed to be in. So you didn't hear me say that. Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll never tell anybody. <laughs> I hope not. So, I, I do want to ask, uh, let me ask Ian first, and then I'll ask you, Robert. Is, sure. In all your uh, TAFA filing, um, <laughs> what is 
probably been the most interesting gravestone that you have found, and I'll start with Ann. Oh, wow. Um, that, that's hard to say because, like, my favorite cemetery is Mount Auburn Cemetery up in Cambridge, Mass. And it, it, there's so much there, it would be hard for me to pick a favorite. Um, I have to say, I guess my favorite are, um, my statuary is my favorite, angels. Angels are my all-time favorite things to see. In terms of um, carving, I think the most interesting one is um, in Boston at the uh, the Joseph Tapping Stone at the, um, yeah, right. Yeah, keep going. Right out of my head. What's yeah. the church there? You are blonde. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, the Joseph Tapping Stone. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And it's it's got like a um, death um, with a scythe going after, um, you know, the man to snuff out his life. That's my favorite stone. Mm-hmm. What about you, Robert? Uh, well, I guess my favorite stone to visit would be Lionel Gardner uh, or Lord Lion Gardner, as he's known here locally, out in the North End Cemetery in East Hampton, Long Island. Uh, he's laid out uh, as if he were in his night suit um, underneath this roofed building, and it has some cool ivy that grows up through it, and it actually happens to be a geocache location, so you can go there and take an item and leave an item. Uh, But as far as cemeteries are concerned, um, I probably would lean to the Gate of Heaven up in Valhalla, New York, where Babe Ruth, Tommy Dorsey, James Cagney are all buried, Billy Burke from The Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's just a lot of beautiful mausoleums. It's like a whole row of them. And you actually feel like you're in a park more so than a cemetery. Awesome. I love love the garden-style cemeteries, and that's how Mount Auburn was. Yes, I I would love to check that out, and certainly based on uh, what you've said and Mm -hmm. depicted uh, how it looks, I probably will make a strong effort to get up there and check oh, that out. Yeah. And I need to get to New York to see Greenwood. Well, then yeah. we'll have to we'll have to plan a trip in the future <laughs> where we can uh, show one another around town, right. so to speak. And the other, the the Joseph Tapping Stone, by the way, King's Chapel, King's Chapel burying ground in Boston. Sorry, I had that little brain fart. <laughs> no, that's that's all right. It, it's probably the hour of the evening, and well, maybe <laughs> maybe. Advantage. Well, well, believe, believe it or not, comment. we just about run out of time with you, Robert. Uh, anything else you want to add? No, uh, I had a great time in speaking with you both and look forward to continue to do so in the future. And that hour just blew right by. Oh, my God, I know. Are we going to do cemetery tripping before well, we Yeah, go? that's why I'm making time here for you, dear, so I don't Thank have to listen you. to you. And now that your husband's packing, I've got to be especially nice to you. <laughs> you better. So, Robert, thank you so much for coming on. And, and, it was my uh, pleasure, Ron and Ann, and I uh, hope to speak with you guys real soon. All right, Robert, thank you. Have a good one. Yep. Okay, so why don't we play that episode of Cemetery Tripping. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where each week I will feature a different cemetery that I hope you will seek out and enjoy as much as I do. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for Cemetery Tripping. 
Today we are visiting Hope Cemetery in Worcester, Mass. Dedicated in 1852, it is a beautiful garden-style cemetery, born of the rural cemetery movement. It is a city-owned cemetery, and among its many notable grave sites are those of Revolutionary War hero Captain Peter Slater of the Boston Tea Party, abolitionists and early feminists Abby Kelly Foster and Eli Thayer, poet Elizabeth Bishop, and rocket pioneer Robert Goddard. As early as the late 1840s, the need for a new civic cemetery was under discussion as older burial grounds either filled up or fell victim to neglect. Hope Cemetery replaced as many as six earlier burial grounds that were overwhelmed by the growing city. By the end of the century, remains from Mechanic Street, Tapman, and Pine Meadow cemeteries were reinterred at Hope, and in the 1960s, graves were moved here from Worcester Common. In the style of most garden cemeteries, the roads and paths are named for the beautiful trees, bushes, and flowers that flourish here. There are wonderful mausoleums, monuments, and statuary at every turn. Although not as expansive as Mount Auburn Cemetery in Cambridge, Hope has many beautiful and inspirational markers which are amazing works of art. I would like to talk about one piece of statuary in particular, which marks the plot of Ivor Johnson and his family. Ivor arrived in Worcester from his native Norway in 1863 at the age of 22 and immediately set to work as a gunsmith. By 1885, he was also manufacturing bicycles and owned the Ivor Johnson Arms and Cycle Works. The beautiful monument of a woman and child, attributed to sculptor Andrew O'Connor Sr., was erected following Johnson's death by his widow Mary. Their daughter Nettie died in 1874 at the age of five. This is a stunning and moving monument that I urge you to seek out if you visit. Hope Cemetery is situated near the top of Webster Street in Worcester and occupies approximately 168 acres of rolling land and there's plenty of room to park along the cemetery roads. In 1998, Hope Cemetery was placed on the National Register of Historic Places. I hope you have the opportunity to plan a trip to this lovely cemetery. a couple of announcements I want to get uh, I have to get out to as well um, two weeks ago I had uh, my good friend Mr. Gettysburg Mark Nesbeth on my radio show and he was telling me about this cool stuff he's got going on in uh, June 3rd and June 4th down Savannah now you know Mark is known for Gettysburg but in Savannah of course there were a lot of battles and so forth so he's teaming up with the uh, Southern uh, Ghost Savannah Tours and they've got some cool stuff. They're actually going to investigate the rail, railroad museum, which is really, really cool. And also the, this is my favorite, the Moon River Brewing Company. Ah, yeah. And you can actually go for the weekend or you can do them at a la carte as well. So it's, it's kind of neat. And um, if you're interested at all, you can go to the Ghost of Gettysburg website. And or you can call uh, Carol Nesbeth, is, who is the woman behind the man, at 443-253-5766. That's 443-253-5766. So what do you think of that? Awesome. I want to go. I want to go. I want to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. I, I love do. Gettysburg. 
I do. The, the, we, we, we went to the Railroad Museum and, uh, or the Roundhouse in uh, Gettysburg. And it was a unique experience. We also have one other event I do want to mention. This is uh, a paranormal charity event. And this is on June 4th, and it's from 4 p.m. to midnight at uh, 60 Depot Road in Kingston, New Hampshire. That's 60 Depot Road in Kingston, New Hampshire. And for like 10 bucks, you can meet, meet like... Uh, Nathan Schooner from A&E's Extreme Paranormal, or the Ghostman Demon Hunter, who's somebody, I don't know. Karen Marcy, my OEVP uh, uh, person, is going to be there. Uh, Also, Sue Burnus, who's a Shambhalai master, whatever. Shambhalai? Yeah, ghosts are going to be there. Oh, your buddies, Paranormal Bikers. Oh, yeah, you know, we've got to have them on. They're going to be there along with Maine Ghost Hunters, Bangor Ghost Hunters, New England Ghost, Ghost this and Ghost that and a whole bunch of, (laughs) but anyways, so that's uh, on June 4th and that's in, uh, if you're interested, you can go to uh, www.jeffrey, oh boy, jeffreyk.myevent.com, so that's jeffrey, D-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-K dot myevent.com. So ah. two good things coming up in the next couple of weeks, and we'll have that on again in case you miss them. Yeah, you so, should put that on our Ghost Chronicles page. I don't know how to do that. Well, then send me the info and I'll do it. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you good? I can do that little thing for you. Okay. Yes, so anyways, how's your weight loss going? Very good, thank you. Why? Very good. Because <laughs> I actually found this thing about uh, weight loss. And oh, I knew you I, were going somewhere with this. Yep. I thought I thought I would share it. He says, uh, to one who is fat, not saying that you're a fat in. I've mm-hmm. never said that ever, ever, ever. Shot, uh, but not no. fat. Blonde, but not you fat. You know better. Uh huh. You. Your, your husband's packing. I understand that. <laughs> uh, to one who is fat, the best cure is not to eat less, but eat nothing except meat. One or two pounds of meat a day and four glasses of hot water between meals. No bread, no butter, no potatoes, no pudding, or anything else. Isn't that the Atkins diet? And you know what? (laughs) When I read that, I thought of that. And guess what? This comes from the girl's own annual volume XXIV in 1903. Really? Ah, see, that's where Dr. Atkins got it. Yep. Not a new idea. There's our health tip of the day. Oh, boy. You As might you have know, a heart attack. We, we always like to provide the up-to-date latest stuff here on Ghost uh, Chronicles. <laughs> From 1926. Here mm-hmm. you go. <laughs> 1906, not 2016. Oh, I'm sorry, 1906. I thought you said XX. Anyways, so um, we just about run out of time, Aww. I think. Limit. I have 7.50. I think we got a few more minutes here. What the hell happened? I don't know. Oh, you man, I just screwed the whole thing up, didn't I? I tossed him out early, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What All right. What do you want to talk about? I think we so, should talk about Little Brown Top. Well, you know what? I always wanted to sing a duet with uh, Katy Perry to the uh, cover song of Pink's Raise Your Glasses. So what if you and I do it? I don't think so. Okay, so we'll forget that idea. So what were yeah. you saying? <laughs> I think you've been down to, um, in Gettysburg, you've been down to Little Round Top, right? Uh-huh. And, and with all the markers and the memorials that they have all over that whole hill? 
Exactly. That is the, the coolest, I'm, you might as well call it a cemetery. I mean, it's one big, massive cemetery, that I think. That whole freaking town is a cemetery, believe um, it or not. That, that I, I wish that I could go back there again, because when I was there, I was with my, you know, my kids a little, and it was hot, and everybody was whining, and grumpy, and oh, you know. So like it was a typical day at the uh, Kerrigan. At the Kerrigan, yeah, pretty much, yep. So, like, if I could ditch all those people and go back to Little Round Top and take mm-hmm. my time, right, and actually explore, I would love to do that. And okay. <laughs> uh, we probably will be going back again. The last time we went down there, we did a bunch of events with uh, Mark Nesbitt. Uh, we did the the Lady Grey Farm or the Grey Lady, whatever the hell it is. And uh, uh, we also did a dining at the Dead, at, I think, at uh, one of the cool places down there, Cashman Inn or something like that. And mm-hmm. we did an investigation at the Engine House, which is really, really cool because the, the Engine House... Uh, in fact, it might be on the old on the, uh, the old Ghost Chronicles iTunes. I think it is. In fact, mm-hmm. but it was really a neat thing because um, I was interviewing the manager of the of the place, and I mean, this is a real engine house where they have two two trains, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and uh, I was interviewing him on camera, and all of a sudden we heard this huge bang, and. Uh, we coming back from where the engines were, and we had some people over there, and they they jumped and screamed, and and so I stopped my interview, and and uh, I ran over there, and uh, Maureen was actually beginning the trans channel. But anyways, so but the interesting part about it is when I went back and I viewed the tape mm-hmm. of my interview with him, you couldn't hear it. No way. Honest to God, in, in the end, this thing was so huge. I mean, you, you can see my reaction. And, oh, now we get the warning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess they don't like my stories. <laughs> <laughs> but that is that really is amazing. I mean, it, it is. Know, that it was, wasn't hard. Yeah. I mean, it's not kind of the like, opposite of an EVP, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not like I just heard it. It was like everybody, everybody. heard it. Right. Yet the yet the the the, uh, the recorder, no, the uh, what do you call it, camcorder, didn't mm-hmm. pick it up, mm-hmm. which was totally nuts. I mm-hmm. can't figure it out. But I've heard of that before, so I don't know what phenomena you would call that. But mm-hmm. uh, it could be uh, the phenomena of the microphone being too small to pick up stuff that far. No, away. this thing was this thing was absolutely <laughs> huge. Honest to God, <laughs> I mean, you could hear people walk off to the to the back there and stuff like that. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. And and the sound was so huge; it's just unreal. Well, that's very unusual. So, anyways, anyways, that was an interesting show. And oh, I do want to mention that the news newsletter is out—the new newsletter with a, a new uh, uh, cemetery trip from from yes. you. Yeah, yeah. So you can. I saw that today. Thank you very much. Yeah, and it has also great information. Uh, we have a story in there from Thomas D'Agostino, who's written umpteen books. He's a great paranormal investigator. I've worked with him many times. He's from Rhode Island, or Connecticut, wherever he's staying now. And, uh, you know, it's got the horoscope on there. It's got the picture of the month. It's got uh, lots of stuff. And, oh, I got a new a new Dining with the Dead coming up this month. Uh, actually, it's in June. I take that back in June. And we're going to have... Kelly Spangler, mm-hmm. who is a witch from Halen, from uh, Salem. Salem. Yeah, and she was on the Ghost Hunters, the Ghost Adventurers show with uh, Christian Day at the Salem Witch House. Mm-hmm. 
So she's going to be there, and she's also going to be using a conjure spell at the restaurant to uh, have spirits show themselves. So we want people to bring cameras as well. Mm. So that's kind of neat. Very oh, nice. good stuff. Very good. Very, and very good. anything new coming up with you besides working your butt off? Well, <laughs> you're literally. Well, yeah, I was going to have the whole Lizzie Borden thing. That would have been a new thing tonight, but we will do that another time. But Right. We are going to have uh, Leanne from the Lizzie Borden house on in June as well. Yes, that's great. Now, who's going to be on our next show? Because it's not on the site yet, so I can't say. I know. It's still we're working out some details. Oh, that's why it is not. Yeah. Okay. So it isn't quite up yet. I do have most written. We have another episode of Brian Jackson Investigates Excellent. as well next month. And yes, we do. So, all right. all right, I guess it's time to wrap it up. So, yeah, as it's been a pleasure as usual, and I want to thank you for co-hosting with me for a year now. And thank you. So good night and God bless. Good night, everybody. From ghoulies to ghosties, long night.